the emotion machine. We don't recognize a problem as hard until we have spent some time on it without making any significant progress. If you can diagnose the particular type of problem you face, then you can use the knowledge to switch to a more appropriate way to think. And part of this is that we reprocess the symbols and rearrange symbols in our mind or rearrange ideas in our mind, uh, working to figure out things. And uh, it takes time to reorganize and, and decompose and rearrange uh, different ideas until we can figure out things. So we don't, re we don't really recognize a problem as hard until we've spent some time on it without making any significant progress. This is part of my theory about data, too, is that there is a, a narrow way to navigate through data. There isn't, like, a lot of different ways. There's probably one way that works perfectly. Critic selection ter model of thinking. Each critical object can recognize a certain species of a t problem type. <coughs> when a critic sees enough evidence, the critic will achieve a selector which tries to set start up a set of resources that is learned is like to act as a way to think that may help in this situation so the critic is important because it looks at evidence and then when it sees a certain amount of evidence then it sets up resources that it has learned to act as a way to think. So uh, if a problem seems familiar, use reasoning by analogy. If it seems unfamiliar, change the way you describe it. If it seems too difficult, divide it into several parts. If it still seems difficult, replace it by a simpler problem. If none of these work, ask someone for help. And uh, if you look at the analogy, uh, analogies are great because they're stories that describe in a very condensed form something that in the real world is a complex process. So I remember with college, we used to talk about analogies uh, with computers and we had it like in a society of people and their interactions with the way the microcode was working, um, the microprocessor, the ALU, uh, bit shifting, memory storage. Um, and so we were able to um, use the uh, analogy to understand a more complex problem. It also seems too difficult to divide into several parts so that's another idea is take the uh, parts, break it down into s smaller parts, and then see if you can solve the smaller parts, and then it, together we'll help you understand the bigger picture. Um, maybe the, uh, the last one is replace it with a simpler problem. Maybe the, the way the wording on the problem is, is too complex to break apart. Maybe a, a, approach it from a simpler problem more intuitive, and then uh, 
go to the more technical solution once you understand the intuitive way. And the last of all is that there's always someone who knows an answer, uh, so find that person with the answer. If too many critics are aroused, then describe the problem in more detail. If too few critics are aroused, then make the description more abstract. If important resources conflict, when they should try to discover a cause. If there has been a series of failures, then switch to a different set of critics. And critics are important because, remember, we just stated that they um, allocate resource. So without critics, you would have no productivity. Um, but if there's not enough critics, then abstract the description more. And if there's a series of failures, then switch to a different set of critics. Emotional reactions. Here are the emotional reactions. Cautious versus reckless. These are polar opposites. Unfriendly versus amicable, means uh, friendly. Visionary versus practical. Inattentive versus vigilant. Reclusive versus social. Courageous versus cowardly. Each such emotional way to think can lead to different ways to deal with things, either by making you see things from new points of view or by increasing your courage or dogginess. If too many critics are active, then your emotions will keep changing too quickly. And if these critics stop working at all, then you get in stu stuck in just one state. So... It's important not to have too many critics because if your emotions are constantly changing too quickly, then you become unstable. Um, so in the, to give an example, if you go from friendly to unfriendly, uh, then you would have uh, inconsistency in your personality type. People would not know whether you are going to be friendly in one moment or unfriendly. Um uh, if you are really vigilant and concentrate really good on detail on your work, but then other times under high stress and, and uh, high productivity, you become inattentive, you could have, uh, you could have failure. <clears throat> so the, the too, too many switches, too many critics uh, in, at one time can uh, cause your emotions to change very quickly. You can imagine, too, like if you go from cautious to reckless, how that affects your emotion. You might go from being very feeling very confident to feeling very afraid, if reckless. Even though in being reckless, you might think that you're free. Uh, you might also uh, fear some of the consequences of, of that freedom because of the risk-taking. The best way to solve a problem is to already know a way to solve it. And... Uh, that's a fantastic statement there. The best way to solve a problem is to already know how to solve it. And that's what a lot of the data scientists are doing is they've already solved uh, problems in a certain form uh, with information theory and entropy. And uh, so they work to get the real world solutions in those same forms so then they can apply the templating that you might say or a known solution to the problem. Search extensively. When one has no better alternative, one can try to search through all possible chains of action, actions, but that method is not often practical because such searches grow exponentially. 
So, yeah, so that um, the best way is to find a solution that already exists and then solve the problem within the context or framework of that solution. But in the real world, it's not always possible to do that. So in that case, you start searching all your other chains of actions, but then that increases the amount of time to find something that works. Reason by analogy. When a problem reminds you of one that you solved in the past, you may be able to adapt that case to the present situation. Divide and conquer. If you cannot solve a problem all at once, then break it into smaller parts. Reformulation. Find a different representation that highlights more relevant information. Understand it in a different way. Planning. Consider the set of sub-goals and examine how they affect each other. Techniques for solving are simplify, elevate, and change the subject. More reflective ways to think. Wishful thinking, self-reflection, impersonation. Those are reflective ways to think. Other modes of thinking. Logical contradiction. Try to prove that your problem cannot be solved and then look for a flaw in the argument. Logical reasoning. We often try to make chains of deduction. Three, external representation. Draw suitable diagrams. Four, imagination. What would happen if, by simulation, simulating possible actions inside the mental models that one has built? Imagination. And I think in, uh, imagination is such an important part because that's that uh, synthesis of different ideas that you already have from your collective experience. And uh, you're building this mental model of a way to think about the way the world works. <clears throat> so those imagination can build uh, high levels of abstraction. Creating higher level selectors and critics help to reduce the size of the searches we make. Modes of thought, preparation, incubation, revelation, and evaluation. Creative ideas must be combined with the knowledge and skills already possessed, so it must not be too differ different from the ideas which we are already familiar. If too many critics are active, then you notice flaws to correct and spend too much time repairing them and never get to the important things, and people perceive us as depressed. If too many critics are turned off, then you ignore alarms and concerns that help you concentrate, allowing errors and flaws. The fewer the critics active, the fewer goals pursued, make, making one intellectually dull. So the conclusion is, is you need critics to be productive, but you don't want to have so many critics that you can't get the important things done. So you need to focus on what are the important things, getting those things done, uh, and also staying performing at a level uh, where you're you're not allowing for errors and flaws. Elon Musk uh, introduced a different way of thinking about solving problems when he wrote an article the principles of thinking and uh, what he proposed in this article was that they that the um, 
assumptions or analogies resulted in bad decisions. So his original postulation was that you find fundamental truths. And then once you find these fundamental truths, either in mathematics or physics or chemistry, then you reason up from that point. So the question is, is how do you uh, find those fundamental truths? Um, now this is kind of on the surface seems like uh, almost like a marketing type of question because there are well-established truths and it's almost as if he's saying that there's a sector of truths that the population does not know about. But if you've actually studied data, you have to agree with his point is that a large amount of technology that we have is the result of uh, very complex uh, thought processes. And then uh, once they establish that, that foundation, then they work to uh, build more simple ways of doing things and, and a, a simpler interface. But right off, uh, the, having the simple interface is not possible because of the complexity that reality actually introduces. So um, the idea of asking questions is getting closer back to the data uh, and observable uh, patterns that you can then build on or ask questions about or explain. But even in physics, the uh, explanation of, of a lot of, of theories is still fairly complex. Um, and I found that when I was trying to write my graphics library is that when I got into the world of hardware, I realized that even though the concepts of what a video card was or a memory uh, address or a mouse interrupt, um, that the way that was implemented was very diverse. And uh, then I was left to conclude to um, do my development inside of a, a foundation or a, a platform, which was called Microsoft or Unix. And uh, today it's uh, iOS with Swift. So um, this idea of asking a question, I think gets closer down into the low level and then uh, from that low level starting to build up. So he says, uh, ask, an individual should ask questions and uh, in that process of asking questions, you will find new knowledge, new solution, new frameworks. And the, and the reason why you don't want to use analogy is analogy is building on uh, knowledge and pro knowledge that's already been uh, solved. Uh, so that it's a proven path of logic that's re re recreatable. But you have to ask the question, what are the, some of the assumptions to that analogy or prior analogy? And uh, they may be incorrect. Um, so, for example, with the, his batteries, he asked the question, why are our batteries so expensive? There was a certain price for the type of battery he needed for the kilowatt uh, production to... <clears throat> to uh, propel his car forward to run the motors, electric motors. And so he broke that down into the different components. He understood then some of the problems with uh, storage of power in lithium batteries, uh, some of the early problems with uh, lithium crystallizing 
and creating dendrites, which then could cause uh, fire. So by learning more about a, a material science and um, the problems associated with batteries, they were able to solve the lithium problems. I'm not saying that Elon solved that problem, but the lithium industry solved the problem of, of the storage of, of, of power for the density. And so uh, there are groups that are working together to solve particular problems and they're coming up with solutions. Some of them are in early stages of development, others are in later stage. And uh, introduction uh, depends on whether there's a market for their products. But his point was, is kind of at a high level, he says that uh, if we just base things on analogy, we will make bad decisions. And then his goal or challenge was to solve problems in a way no one else can uh, can phantom. So breaking into a problem has uh, and discovering those fundamental principles are started by asking questions and discovering the most basic truths. Um, and what what actually he does by asking those questions is identify entities and there are certain properties on those entities there are certain availability on those resources of those entities and by uh, focusing the resources to solving the problem entity or uh, comparable entities that could solve a similar problem that they're trying to solve with an existing entity such as uh, uh, lithium then they can uh, uh, examine whether or not those features and functionalities uh, provide an alternative. So yesterday I was talking about when you're trying to solve a hard problem, one way to do to solve that problem is to change the way you think about it and uh, to change your perspective. So like, for example, with state vector machines, uh, when you're solving in terms of two components, an X and a Y component, or uh, uh, two variables, that sometimes uh, the separation or the hyperplane that's created between the state vector machine uh, is not uh, possible. For example, if you have uh, a, a group that's in the center of a circle of another group that's on the outer perimeter, uh, you, you can't get that uh, hyperplane division uh, where you have uh, group variables of one conclusion type or result in one sector and the other in the other sector. So the way you solve that problem is you move to a different coordinate system. So you move to the z-coordinate system. So that, that changes the dimension of the problem and then you can, it becomes now a projection problem. And uh, now based on projection, you can get the division uh, of the the variables and so when you think about that in terms of solving problems uh, sometimes changing coordinate systems or changing the framework or way we think about them uh, can simplify the process because of that one uh, system is more uh, adaptable than another for example if you are in a Cartesian system and then you move to things that were more circular, like uh, spheres, cylinders, uh, cones. You may want to switch to a um, spherical system. 
If you are in things that were more cylindrical or cone-like, you could switch to a cylindrical system. If you are things uh, that were dealing with vectors and uh, gradients, then you might want to switch to a curvilinear system. So changing the system uh, helps by reducing the complexity and gives us a new framework in which to visualize and think about the problems. So when you're the, and that that's a, a important part of of uh, creating a solution is to think about uh, the way you're thinking about the problem. And the last thing he pointed out was creating a new solution is the ability to think is the ability to express your your thoughts about the new solution <clears throat> so uh, that you can coordinate with others to who may have the technical know-how to uh, implement your ideas and uh, through group collaboration or group think you're able to make your thoughts become a reality and uh, so he combines the combination of of resource hard work um, and the and the know-how of other people to build cars that uh, can self-drive uh, and possibly planes that can go or rockets that can go up into the atmosphere and then return back in the from the atmosphere and land on a on a pad so uh re-enterable re space rockets and uh <clears throat> the the association of producing cheap fuel to power them